It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Eight minutes after eight. Thanks so much for tuning into AM Live. And it is, of course, now time for the Forum at Eight. And this morning, we're talking about the Unemployment Insurance Fund. Parliament has recently approved the Unemployment Insurance Amendment Bill that is aimed at improving unemployment benefits. Now, under the amended bill, the period for which UIF benefits can be claimed has been increased from eight to 12 months. For the first time, public servants at all three levels of government are also now included. Although this is a positive development, the Compensation Fund has been experiencing problems of delayed payments. An investigation by the Times publication has found that new mothers and heavily pregnant women on maternity leave have to wait months before they receive financial assistance. And we've heard many of those stories as well, where people have had to borrow from friends and family to get through that period and even go back to work without having had access uh, to the unemployment insurance funds that uh, are due to them. So many problems highlighted by many of you and uh, I'm going to invite you to please call so that you can highlight your problems this morning. 0891-104-208 that's the call-in number. You can SMS us on 34701 and uh, you can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. And I think uh, some of the issues that were highlighted uncooperative um, officials at uh, the Labor Department's uh, offices, uh, the people who deal with UIF. There's also the issue of employers who do not register or pay over uh, the funds to the UIF and people usually when they get to that point where they are trying to access the funds find that they were not even registered to begin with. So there are many, many problems it would seem. Someone was asking me the other day, as I was saying, we seem to get one of these on a daily basis. Um, the, The issue that was highlighted by this listener was that she had worked for a company for almost 20 years and when she went to claim of unemployment benefits it was only for four years so she wanted to know what happens to the benefits uh, that she contributed over the remaining a number of years why is she not entitled to that or is there some way in which this is calculated i don't know which is why we have brought this morning the experts to answer your questions from the department um, of labor we have the director of communications and marketing for uif and also the acting chief director of operations at uif and they will be helping us to move through this So entirely listener-driven this morning. Let's take your questions. Let's try and answer them and as many of them as we possibly can. We're just waiting for our guests uh, to get settled in our Pretoria studio. They are there just trying to sort out a few issues. And as soon as they are ready, we'll take your calls and we'll definitely get them to answer. Um, So uh, 0891-104-208. I believe we already have Mr. Makosonke Butelezi, who is the Director for Communication and Marketing at UIF. He's ready and rearing to go in our Pretoria studio. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Butelezi. Good morning, Sakina. Thank you very much. Mr. Butelezi, as we wait for our listeners uh, to call in, I just want to ask you first off about the types of benefits uh, that people can claim for. Okay, uh, thank you. We have five benefit types. The first one is unemployment. The second one is illness. The third one is a maternity. Uh, we have death benefits, um, and then we have adoption benefits. 
And uh, also, Those are the five types, yeah. The five types. And, and, and yeah. the process, you know, what is the process? When do people actually apply? And how long does it take before they are able to draw these benefits? Okay, it is very important that, for example, uh, you take note of the times within which you need to apply. For example, for death benefit, maternity, and I think, uh, yeah, those two, which are very uh, popular, you need to apply within six months. If you've been retrenched uh, today, you must make sure that you apply within six months. And uh, if you are uh, going on maternity, you need to make sure that you apply within six months. As soon as the doctor says uh, you can now go and stay at home, uh, confinement, uh, you, go, you, you, you go and apply, or if the child is already born, apply within six months after the child is born. And then for death benefit at the moment, you must apply also within six months. So basically those are the timelines. And we, our target in terms of uh, making the payment, we pay within uh, 35 days. You know, so that is basically our standard. And then uh, we're also joined by Ms. Judith Kumbi, who is Acting Chief Director of Operations at UIF. Thanks for your time as well, Ms. Kumbi. Ms. Judith Kumbi uh, seemingly still uh, resolving that particular issue, but we'll come back. In the meantime, Mr. Makosonke Puchelezi is with us uh, talking about the UAIF, answering your questions. Let's roll them over short, sharp, and answer as many of your questions as we can. Uh, 891 Sianda's calling us on that number. He's in Port Elizabeth. Good morning, Sianda. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to your guest. Uh, so the fact is, it sounds good, well and good in the paper, on paper. But when it comes to the reality in the offices, number one, and also when you, it comes to the reality of you getting paid out, it's a completely different issue. The systems are not tight enough to make sure that when you when you submit that form, it's dealt with, you know, uh, quickly. You can see online that the form is still with the assessor. It will stay with the assessor for, you know, for a long time, other than the 35 days. And also, you know, when you get there, these guys, they, they so, they're not service or customer driven. They, 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 they are treating you well. They, they upset for no reason. You don't know what, 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 what on there. But the issue is, right now, I finished working at the end of October and I have not received even a cent. It's Christmas time, I'm unemployed, I don't have any money. So, yes, almost the hotels have, might have their heart in the right place as far as services concerned, but when you go down and drill it down to the people that are supposed to help us, it's a completely different story. Maybe they need to have your those or those mystery shoppers so that they can have an understanding of what people go through when they go to these offices. It is said that you are unemployed and you will not be given time for Christmas because the people in the department don't seem to care at all. I'm sorry. It's upsetting. It's sad when we have to be treated like this. It, mm. it is so, so, so sad. And you know what? It's our people that are treating us badly. It is our people that do not have empathy or sympathy for the fact that you are unemployed because they could to get their bonuses and, 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 and have a good Christmas. It's unfair. It is unfair. There should be checks and balances. If the case is over 35 days, there should be something that 
that clicks or that beeps on, on, on the superior to say, why is this not paid out? And I don't think they have that. Sianda, uh, let me just ask you specifically, um, what is the problem? What's the holdup in your case? It's still with the assessor. With the assessor? Yes, okay. still with the assessor. All right. Thank so, you. So, so, so those are the issues, man. We, we don't want to complain, but sometimes our government disappoints us badly. It disappoints us badly. It's supposed to have, it's it, it always saying something about the slant towards the poor. But when you come to, to implementing it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Sianda. And hopefully, hopefully something will be done soon. Jeremy in Parktown, good morning to you. Good morning, SK. How are you this morning? I'm very well, and you? Very well. I hope your well, year has been a good one, but I know you've had a few problems. Anyway, it was lovely speaking to you during the year. I wanted to mention a few things. I am a pensioner. I got benefits from the UIF way back in 1995 when I was boarded. In those days, we had blue cards. They used to be signed by your employee when you went and started with the company, when you resigned from the company and started another company, you had this blue card. So there was always a check that money went in and out of the account to UIF. I don't, I don't recall what proportion of my sale or what proportion was paid, but when I got paid out, it was for a six-month period way back in '95. Can't they bring back instead of this computerization thing also a manual form? You'll find that there won't be much more difficulties or anything else. You can bring in the pregnancy thing and when they're going on pregnancy leave, etc., etc. Thanks, my dear. Have a good new year. Thank you so much, uh, Jeremy, and same to you. Well, um, let's just answer those two questions uh, very quickly before we take more calls. 0891-104-208, answering your calls regarding UIF this morning. Um, I believe uh, Judith's uh, issue has been sorted now. Judith, good morning to you. Good morning, ma'am. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thank okay, you. so getting straight down to it, uh, Sianda, very clear that, you know, uh, the principle of Batupili, Tololo. Realities on the ground do not speak to that at all. Speaks of uncooperative staff and a lack of, uh, of uh, empathy with regard to the plight of people who are in need of these unemployment insurance funds. Um, what's your response to that? Okay. Ma'am, thank you so much. One of the key things that we are currently working on, we are trying to address the exactly the same issue because there's a number of complaints that we are currently receiving in terms of the services that has been provided in our offices. Now we have compiled a team where we look in terms of the number of issues from the specific office. We'll be working with management from different offices to pick up where the issues are. But in terms of the, that is to address the human issue aspect of it. But in terms of the process, like the caller indicated, the application is sitting with the assessor. Majority of the problem is when an application is taken, for the assessor to finalize an application, he needs a confirmation from the employer that that person has worked for what period and what are the salaries. So normally what pick up a, a problem at the assessor, what caused them to sit with an application for a long time, is they contact the employers to request the information, but you find that we get delays in terms of receiving this information. Now, another case that complicates it is you find in some instances someone has worked for different 
companies in the last four years. Remember when we process application from UIF, we need to have confirmation of this information from all the four different employers. Because one of the biggest issues we received from application we received is majority of them, the people have worked the companies have never given us their information at the time they were working. We only get the process where we get the information when we are processing a claim. And before we finalize a claim, we need to verify first that information is correct because that depends on the amount of money that we're going to give to a client. So in most of the instances, that's what causes the delay and what will cause the backlog at the assessor. Because without information or correct confirmation from the employer, we are unable to finalize that application. And speaking of compensation, um, you know, what is the formula there? Because as I was saying earlier, uh, one of our listeners complained that they had worked for a certain company for almost 20 years. And when they applied for UIF, they were told they would only be paid for four years. So where did the rest of the money go? You know, how is this determined? Okay. Just like any other insurance, in terms of our current legislation, UIF, we accumulate credit days when you work. And now when you become unemployed, we kept it at a period of four years, which current, in terms of the current act, the maximum credit days you can get is 238. And the 238 you accumulated over a period of four years. Hence, the people will be indicated to say we are paying over only a period of four years. However, we are in a process of amending our bill. One of the sections we are looking at is a very specific section because we want to increase our period of coverage from the 238 to 365 days, which now in future is going to be a year, no longer only for eight months because the current maximum period we are paying currently is for eight months. Mm. So it's in terms of the current legislation, in terms of how it is. Because if you look in terms of the amount we pay, although a person could have contributed, for an example, for 20 years, what a person contributes for UIF is only 1%. So you find that, that a person has been contributing about 10 rand a year. When you look in terms of the total amount what this person has contributed towards the fund over 20-year period, you might find that maybe, for an example, it's 4,000 rand. But when you look in terms of the benefit we pay, it's a whole lot of money because you can pay up a maximum of about 12,000, 20,000 or 30,000 in terms of the death benefit. So, however, even if it's four years, when you take into account the rent value that was contributed vis-a-vis the payments that is paid in benefits, you will find that the payment that we pay is more, although we only look for the four-year period. Uh, Marcus, okay, here's a question for you. Uh, King Shaka wants to know... Um, why can you not access your UIF if you've resigned uh, because you would have made the contributions anyway? Um, it, it's against the law. You, you cannot claim UIF if you resign. Remember, it is an unemployment. It's for only unemployment. It's not a retirement fund. So that is why you cannot resign. Because one of the conditions is that if you claim for UIF, you must be available you know, for work. So if you have resigned, <coughs> if you have resigned, it is uh, out of your own accord, uh, uh, and we do not want to encourage uh, that kind of behavior. So that is why for now you, you are unable to claim if you have resigned. 
I don't know if I'm satisfied with that answer, but uh, King Shaka, let me know if you are happy with that. Because if you are making the contribution and you resign, and there may be various reasons why people resign, the working environment may be toxic, uh, you know, people get sick in the working environment. And if that renders you unemployed, you resign for the sake of sanity and you are still unemployed. So why can't you access that benefit? Sorry, can I just pick in there? Uh, we do actually look at the, if say, for example, it, there is a proof that it was, uh, maybe the circumstances were unbearable and you were forced re- to resign. It is not out of your own accord. And uh, the, there was a, a court judgment. Maybe you went to, labor, uh, to the labor court or CCMA. We would look at such an issue. You know, but uh, basically, if you've just resigned on your own accord, we we do not pay out. All right, let's go back to the lines. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero eight. Sonwabo in Port Elizabeth. Good morning. Morning, Mama, and your guest. Uh, I have a question, Mama. My colleague was sick for the whole year last year, and she didn't apply because she was critically ill, and she was not aware um, how to apply. So I want to know what process can she follow now in order for her to benefit. You say this was when, Sonwabo? Last year, uh, actually, that this year, May. This year, May? Yes. Oh, and she was she, forced? She, she was in, no, she, she, she was uh, sick the whole year last year. She mm-hmm. was in this year, yeah. So, but she, was, she was unaware she had to apply. And we also were not aware that she did not benefit from the UIF. Okay. So, there is anything. Mm. L- let's answer that question. Um, Thank you. Ms. In terms of the current legislation, uh, people need to apply for unemployment benefit for a period of six months. They've got six months to apply. However, where a person was unable to apply because of illness, where this person was in a condition where she's not able to come to our offices and make an application, he can come to our offices. We've got appeal processes where this person will have to provide to us evidence that provide to us to say at that time he was unable to come because of the condition. And in those instances, we look in terms of what caused the person could have uh, not been able to come and apply. And based on those reasons and evidence provided, and we consider even if it's outside the six months period. Um, and then uh, on the blue card issue, I didn't think we responded to Jeremy, did we? Uh, okay. He wanted to know about the blue card and, you know, the efficacy of that particular method and w- what is in place now. Okay. In the past, people like he, uh, that uh, it's Jeffrey, like he indicated, previously people were carrying around a card where when they become unemployed, the employer was writing in that card and he was producing it at the department to say he's unemployed. Subsequent to that, as the process were enhanced, we replaced the blue card with a form that we call the UR19. In the similar form is the similar information that were provided by a UI8, I mean by the blue card in the past. Now, in the UI, in the UR19 form, that's where the employer give us that confirmation to say the person worked for them and the person is terminated. However, also try to make our process to be much easier because we are also getting a lot of backlog in terms of this form to be kept. 
captured. We also developed a system, which is the U-filing system, where the employer, instead of filling that form, he can provide the similar information that is requested in the form electronically to us so that it makes it easier in us processing the information. Now, the problem with the blue card at the time was the very same reason that we only had that information at the time and it was also not confirming the full period, but it was also taking us a longer period to process. And now, as the process unfolds, we change the processes and also introduce quicker mechanism to deal with it. But the information provided is still exactly the same as the one that was provided through the blue card. Let's speak to Robert and George. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to your guest. Welcome. Um, thank you. I just want to find out my sister was working for a big company and she was assigned for a contract in Malaysia and she's 62 years old and the contract was for 18 months and after four months the work was finished up and she then stopped. She did that work and then she tried to uh, send her CVs all over in Malaysia, in Australia and by the time she came back to South Africa, um, she applied for UIF and Twice it was appealed, and twice, um, you know, they, they don't want to pay it. As you know, she paid for 43 years, she paid the UIF. Okay, so so, so, so she left the country and tried to claim yes. when she came back. Yes, she was, uh, uh, as I said, uh, the contract was 18 months, but after four months, uh, you know, there was no more work. And then she uh, went back to Australia to her son, and then when... Uh, and she was sitting in the series because, I mean, she wanted to carry on working. You know, she didn't want to stop working. And by the time she got back to South Africa, she applied for UIF, and as I said, it was appealed twice, and it just refused to pay out. And, but you now I think just for 43 years paying, um, it's quite unfair, you know. Okay. Uh, we'll try and get an answer uh, to that for you after the news break. Please stay with us there, uh, Robert, and everybody else. will come back to this, uh, talking about the Unemployment Insurance Fund, answering all of your questions this morning, 891 SMS us to 34701. Tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. It's 8.30. Time for the latest news headlines with Norm Sam Dluli. SAFM 104-107, South Africa's news information leader. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. And this morning on the Forum at 8, we're answering your questions related to uh, the Unemployment Insurance Fund. And with us this morning, Ms. Judith Kumbi, who is the Acting Chief Director of Operations at UIF. We seem to have lost Mr. Makosonke Butelezi somewhere there, but we've got Ms. Kumbi still with us. So, um, uh, Ms. Kumbi, if we could just answer uh, Robert's question before the break. Uh, Thorny, also uh, asking a similar question, says, when a person has worked for 20 years and resigns, who takes their UIF? money what happens to that money so people very precious about who actually ends up with the money that they contributed okay thank you ma'am just on the first one what i will request because i will not want to explain a case that i don't have the merit to because what the caller indicated was his case went through for appeal and there could have been reason that they have looked at. What I will request is to get the detail, to look at the specific case in terms of what has happened in that case so that we are in a position to properly explain the reason why the appeals was not successful or why the application was not.
So, so, so we'll try and get uh, Robert's details so that yes. we'll pass those on to you and you can deal with that offline. Um, yes. Question here from our SMS line. Uh, what happens if you are fired for theft? When you are fired for theft? Yes. In terms of where it, it has been indicated that for people that currently the act, the only people that you are not covering them for UI are those people that have resigned for unemployment. When people are fired or they are dismissed at work, they come to us to apply for benefit. We don't necessarily look in terms of the detail and make a condition to say you only qualify for UIF if you are fired for this particular case. Okay, hope that answers your question. And before I go back to the lines, just this one as well uh, from the SMS line. Women who have claimed UIF after retrenchment cannot claim maternity uh, for four years. Is this true? If someone has worked and been retrenched. Yes. And the person is at home. Mm-hmm. Remember the UIF, ma'am, it's for a person, it will depend in terms of by the time the person was retrenched or when he went on retrenchment, was the person already pregnant? Because here it's for a person who's a worker, you've been terminated, we are, we are covering for someone who has worked, you've been terminated while in a period of looking for employment, then you qualify to apply for UIF. So for us, if you've just been sitting at home, you were retrenched for months ago, then while you are at home, you become pregnant, then you apply to us for benefit. We're going to go back in terms of your employment history and look in terms of when did you work, when were you terminated, and when did you become pregnant. And I think the period there, that's what will determine whether you are able to claim or not. All right, let's go back to the lines. Uh, Tobani is in Richards Bay. Good morning, Tobani. Greetings to you, Sakina and the panel. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Sakina, I just want to say I once worked for the Department of Labor and I would like to help some of the listeners uh, with regard to, you know, um, now the processes. Um, you know, a, a number of them uh, complain that uh, at times uh, their, their claims are not processed or or their process late. And the, the reason for that is that, um, you know, the officials would have to just like any other insurance, you will have to verify uh, now the employment details. And at times there will be a dispute between an employer and 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 and, and, and um, the, the employee in terms of the reason for um, the reason for termination. Some would say, or the employer would say, uh, the, the person abandoned work, they 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 absconded while the the employee would say, "I was, I was, I was, I was actually um, uh, dismissed," and, that, and for that reason, it will delay the claim until that that is, that is been resolved. And I think that is the, another issue that people need to put in um, to, to take into cognizance. Not all the time the officials are, are at fault. At times, it will be uh, technical issues like that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Tobani in Richards Bay. David is in Secunda. Morning, David. Good morning, man. How are you today? Good, and you? I'm very fine. I'm just going to be very brief. I'd like to know, uh, in a situation whereby an employer to labor department to register uh, with the UIF, for the past five months, we'll be struggling with the number. You're struggling with, uh, with what, David? To register. We, we've got ah. the company. We want to register with the UIF. 
Mm-hmm. But the app is not coming. Okay, well, what is your difficulty exactly? Uh, to get, they said there's a particular number we need to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in case one of our employees, maybe he goes and they need the blue card or something like that. So so what yeah. are you doing in the meantime, David? Are you deducting UIF from your employees as we speak? And, and, and what are you doing with those funds? Yeah, we defined, we're not deducting it for now, which is normal. Okay. So we're waiting, send all the names, all the IDs, everything to the uh, labor department. We're still waiting. We don't, we're not winning. All right. Thank yeah. you so much, uh, David in Sekunda. Faith in Mossel Bay, good morning. Morning, Sakina. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just have a question for your guest. My mother was told that she she does not qualify to apply for UIF because she was working for the government after she retired. So I just wanted to get clarity on that because I was far from her and not able to assist her with going to the UIF office and, and everything. So I just want to understand what makes the government people, because she was working in a government school, mm-hmm. uh, as a cleaner there. And um, when she, when the retirement age came, she wanted to claim also for that UIF. She went to the offices and she was told that she doesn't qualify because she was working for government. And that did not make sense to me. Okay. So I just want to find out what exactly is the procedure with government, people that worked for government. And um, because now it's been a while now since um, she stopped working, is, is it possible for her to claim again or whatever? I don't know. Okay. Please keep listening. Faith, uh, thanks for the call. Nomsa Emalasleni, good morning. Morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? I am good, thanks. Um, I am heading towards the Department of Labor as we speak. I exited my company on the 31st of October, submitted everything early November. All the documents which they required were submitted on time. To my surprise, yesterday, I got a call to say I need to come back to give back these documents. And do you know the type of information that is in there, Sakina? It's personal information. Mm. My bank account, my identity. All we know, people are stealing identities this day. They do all sort of things. What do you do? Yeah. I have to go and resubmit. And, and, and I'm on my way there. What were you told? What's uh, what actually happened? How was the there information was no lost? Reason. Actually, there was no reason. Actually, I am going there right now. I am going to request to speak to the man in charge because I cannot trust them with anything. No, I hear you completely, Nomsa. And 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 please call us. Uh, let's do an update tomorrow. Let us know how it went. I I, I will. I mean, actual fact. I want to mention something else, Akina. Yes. If you go to their offices and you look. Maybe it's because I'm a neat person in general, but if you go to their offices and you look, their accountants, where they're working from, filthy, they just throw papers all over. I am not surprised they lost my papers. Nomsa, we'll definitely check in with you tomorrow. Let me put you back to our production team uh, so they'll take your details and then you can give us an update on the situation there. Uh, good luck, Nomsa, calling us from Emalatleni. Um, Wana Batela in Cape Town, good morning. Uh, good morning, Saskia. Uh, Sakina. Sakina, I just want to, to, to tell you that I, I worked for the Department of Labor for 20 years. 
at, at, at the labor center in George. And, and during that period, I made it possible for people to walk out of the office knowing that they are going to get their, their unemployment payouts. It's fairly easy because all the information is in the system. The problem is what happens in labor centers is the most experienced people are put at the back and the less experienced people are put at client services. And it should change. You should put them to the experienced people at client services to deal with the walk-ins because they have all the information. They know what to do. If a person walks into the labor center with an ID to apply, the information is already available. If an employer has not contributed, the inspector must immediately go out and go and get the form completed. The person who applies should not be punished for that because the employer deducted money and should have paid it over to, to the Department of Labor. That is how it should be working. And it worked at the Department of Labor when I was there. I was the only office where a person should walk in and walk out knowing when to come back and, or knowing when the money is going to be in the bank. The, the problem is with the employees of the, of the department. Experienced ones, ones who sit in offices, and the inexperienced ones are put at front, front services to deal with clients, and that is wrong. Okay. Thank you so much, Wana Batela in Cape Town, explaining to us, you know, where some of these frustrations may emanate from. Um, Solomon in Makado, hello. So- Solomon? Good morning. How are you? Good and you, Solomon. Oh, fine, thank you. All right. Let me go to the elephant one. And I uh, I would be very much happy for the lazy to be honest by taking even my cell number because the employer expects two women who have any children and with nothing. But let me go to the elephant one. For me, it's five months. Uh, my case has been resolved uh, to the CCMA and the commissioner has been in a school the government is employed here by the reason. The judgment was dismissal with UIS. Let's forget about other issues. UIS is to the labor. And uh, she has been instructed to the employer, take UI-19 to the, uh, to, 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 to the lawyer of this uh, Solomon. The employer has chosen to make a fraud information or to falsify information. When these things happen, and then the, the commissioner told even the manager is called Shirina, and they say the fraud is our case, we will remain with this case. Even today, I'm not getting the money. I will be very much happy for the television to talk about this 35 days. My case is now in a regional office. But in a regional office, I went there, they said you are appealing. It has been uh, approved, but I'm not getting anything. I've been there. Now, 35 days, I will say, you, you, and the government didn't employ you to do what you are doing. They're, they're still very much shy and sympathy. Because you should have been honest. If the person has made a fraud, how do you agree with the fraud information? So it, it's a pity. Now, I will be very much happy for the police to call me. I will give him the number of the people who have been expelled. Let me tell you something which is very much important, Sakina. We, the employer, deducted the money and ate the money. Now, there is no word ate. She has stolen the money, which needed to be paid to the Department of Labor. You can open the case. I emphasize many times that open the case because she has taken this money and used it for her purposes. I don't even do that. But the same person who made that fraud and has been known to them, it still is their colleague. And then now me, I'm not getting the money. And the, the government employed these people to be sure 
That paper of mine of fraud information, the, the commissioner is called Mabidi, and a jolly great in the commissioner, he says, I don't understand how the discipline is involved if there is a fraud, and yet they are not telling and make it correction. It's only that you correct and say, I'm not standing with the, with the, with the, with the correction. Now, maybe I will be happy, and uh, you solve this problem because people are listening. The government didn't employ you so that you, you could be tormented and suffer. Yet the government says we should be liberated and live free and the law should be equal. Okay. Got you. Got you, Solomon. Let's just uh, take a few more and get some responses. Uh, Livwani in uh, Kempton Park, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, and you? I'm okay. Uh, the main point is uh, the, the UIF is not actually... Uh, saving the purpose, which is actually uh, uh, paying up for somebody who is un- unemployed for that period. The reason being is I, I happened to be dismissed and applied for the UIF. It took me more than four to five months to get the first payment. And the reason on that one is because the person that I've lodged a complaint to left to maternity, and nobody could assist me at the department until that person came back from maternity and handled my case going further. But I don't want to go into that details. The, the, the reason for my call is, why is it not possible that the UIF department can actually give me the, the, the sum of the money, which is, uh, which is due to me, before they can break it up as to how much I will get per month? Why is it not possible? Okay. Thanks, Livwani. Uh, Vicky in Durban, good morning. Hello, Vicky. Yeah. You're Hello. on the air. Thank you. Hello, Sakina. Hi, Vicky. I um, um, apologize if I'm repeating anything because I missed some of your thing, but domestic and casual workers, have anything been asked about them? Not. So far? No, not yet. Because... Okay, it's particularly those who work for more than one employer. Um, this is my situation. And the lady who works for us, she works for three other people. We all pay UIS. But we understand that unless she loses at least a third or two-thirds of, the, of, the, of her jobs, you know, for whatever reason she has to stop working, she cannot claim UIS as long as she has, I think it's at least two days a week or whatever. And I just have clarity on that because we're all paying UIS. Why should she not they not get that to make up the difference when they uh, have to leave a post? Okay. The same for gardeners. Thank you so much, Vicky. And uh, as Vicky asked that, Anati Ntozini also asked, what about domestic work employers uh, who still to this day don't register our ignorant uh, gogos for UIF? Any consequences for them? So perhaps we can start by answering from uh, that uh, particular point. Um, I believe we also have uh, Makosonke Butelezi back. So Makosonke, let's hear your voice again. Let's start there. Domestic workers. According to the law, domestic workers are entitled to to UIF, and uh, they must be registered um, um, with the UIF. Um, I'm, I heard the other caller mention that um, one domestic worker works for three uh, employers. Remember, 
the anyone who works uh, more than 24 hours must be registered with the UIF. So if, say, the domestic worker works uh, more than 24 hours for one employer, they must be registered. And I think that has already been uh, uh, demonstrated by the caller. Mm. But I think Judith wants uh, to add more. Judith, because the question really is, um, why does the domestic worker not qualify for unemployment uh, insurance fund when she loses one of those streams of income? Okay. What we, we don't say a person doesn't qualify. What must happen is the person still has to come and apply for benefit. What we do is before we pay benefit, we look in terms of when the person was pay, was working for the three employers, for an example, how much was that person earning? And after losing an employment, what is the fraction of that a total amount that this person has been getting so that we can see the portion in terms of how much a person is not getting now whilst he's not working on the other employer. So it's more based in terms of the one that you are losing, how many hours were you working for that one, and in terms of the rent value, how much total are you losing in that so that we can see the amount of money we top up for you to be able to apply. So there is no such a case to say we are not going to pay you at all. I think it's based on case to case, and I will like to take this case and maybe look further into that, what happened with this particular case. Mm. And then um, many people complaining about uh, this explanation and, and, and the fact that there seems to be this uh, toing and froing between um, uh, the department and the employers. Why is that? Why, why do you keep going back and forth needing information? What causes that? Okay. The biggest problem that we're currently facing, that we are working together with our enforcement and in, uh, uh, inspection and enforcement directorate, we have high level of non-compliance from employers. I think the previous caller indicated the challenge that we currently face is there are a number of employers where people work for them. They deduct money for UIF on those people, but they never register these people with the fund. Now, we come a situation where a person money is being deducted. When this person becomes unemployed, he comes to our offices. But when we check in our database, we don't have a record at all of this person. And the person is able to produce to us to say, but I've been working for this company and they've deducted money from us. Now, the case starts there. Now, the challenge that now emanates is this person is already unemployed. But now that's only when now the employer is restarting the process of information that he's supposed to could have provided to us four years ago. Now we are trying to do a process that was supposed to could have happened four years ago at the time of application. And unfortunately, until that process is finalized, a claim of a person is not able to be finalized. And that's what most of the instances causes the delay. And hence, you keep on hearing us talking about the issues of co- of employers. But I think the biggest issue here is the non-compliance from employers. Now we work together within the department with a directorate that is responsible to ensuring enforcement. There's processes that they follow and those employers that are not complying, there's processes that they follow in terms of enforcement and taking these matters to the labor court for them to be finalized. Aren't there systems in place that would uh, ensure that if someone is play is paying UIF, if it is being deducted, that it definitely gets paid over to you. Aren't all companies required to pay tax? You know, what's the interface between your department and SARS and the likes so as to ensure that people's monies actually end up, you know, where they're supposed to? 
Yes. Uh, currently, there are, in terms of our legislation, for someone who earns more than their tax threshold, the employer get registered at SARS. So there are UIF contributions that we receive from SARS, where a person, a company is registered with SARS, they pay their UIF there and SARS pays over to us. But in these instances, you'll find that because there are companies that are supposed to be registered with SARS as well that are not registered or they are registered but they are not declaring the information. So the critical thing is when coming to benefit, even if there's contribution or there's money that isn't paid, what is used to determine the claim is the period that the person has worked together with the salary that the person was also earning during that particular period. Now, even if someone has paid at SARS, even if we receive that contribution from SARS, the information we require to process a claim is the information that we require from the employer to provide it direct to us so that we are able to process a claim. Now, you find instances where companies will comply in terms of making payments, but they don't comply in providing us the declaration to the UIF because SARS is not the one that processes a claim when a person becomes unemployment is the UIF. Now, you find that in most of the instances, although a person has been paying at SARS, but when they come to us, we don't have the full information for us to process a claim. But surely it's in your interest as well as uh, the client's interest to make sure that all of that information is complete. So, 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 you know, what are you doing in that regard? When Because surely you don't only notice that the information is incomplete at the point where someone is trying to claim. Okay. Within the UIF, we have a directorate that we call uh, employer auditors. Now, their main role of this unit, they go, they look at the information that is being provided to us by companies, or they also look at companies that are existing. First, they check whether these companies are registered with the fund. If they are not, then there's a follow-up that they do with them. Also, they also check on terms of the information where we track to say how many uh, people were declared for a particular company, for an example, whether we've been receiving that information every month. And where we did not receive the information, we do make a follow-up with the company. However, I just need to indicate, because in terms of our database currently, we've got about uh, eight point, uh, we've got about 6 million employers. So obviously even if we do that exercise there will be number of employers that we could have not reached in a particular period because we are not able to reach all the 6 million within a particular period or a month. But there is that projective process that we do internally. Yeah, one would think that you wouldn't rest on your laurel saying, well, it's 6 million employers, so it's a tough task. The point is, when people are in need of this money, it shouldn't be a process. They shouldn't be sent from pillar to post. Um, Speaking to that that waiting period, um, you know, Solomon was talking about that where... It seems as though the order is there, dismissed with UIF, and if he speaks to different people, they say to him, well, yes, everything is fine, but he still hasn't been paid. If I remember well on this case, this was an issue that the caller, I think he referred that his case was at the CCMA. And I think Mr. Butelezi, when he was explaining earlier on, until there's a ruling from the CCMA, we are not able to finalize a claim. Until there's a ruling that indicates to say whether the person was, it was not due to the willing of a person to lose employment. However, in this particular case, I think these are some of the details that we'll request so that we follow up on specific cases and find out what are the issues regarding to this matter.
And uh, also, I think it was uh, David who said his company was struggling to get registered. Registration. Yeah. Yes. I will request a detail on that one as well. However, just to explain, one of the process that we follow is because when we a person wants to register, there's a lot of verification that we do with the employer themselves. So if I'm an owner of a company, first I need to provide my detail. I need to provide proof that I've got a company registered, is being registered with uh, with DTI. What is the CK number that is being used? Because we do validation with that because we want to register a company that actually exists. Now, after that information is being provided, we create what we call a UI reference number, which is the number that he was referring to, to say that's the number that he's been waiting for. When we've got all the information to process, our turnaround time in on registration is a day. When there's a delay, there will be information that is outstanding from the employer that he has to provide to us for us to do a registration and finalize it. But in terms of our process, when we receive the registration information to process it within our system, we take us a day to finalize that registration and a reference number can be issued to an employer. So where there's a delay, I think there's information that maybe might not be provided from the employer, but I will request to get the details so that we investigate further what are the issues on this matter. And just a few quick fire ones because we're out of time. Can foreign nationals working in South Africa pay or claim UIF? That's from Samuel. Yes, the foreign national currently, they do qualify for UIF. There's a number of them that have already applied for benefit. However, there's a process that we follow because the challenge we face with the foreign national is their passport numbers expires after a certain period. So at the time of application when they apply, that's when we validate their correct information. So sometimes it takes a bit longer because we need to do that verification at home affairs before we finalize their process. But they do qualify. And Faith also asked about government employees who are excluded uh, uh, upon retirement. Yes, the current legislation, government employees are not covered for UIF. Hence, even for the mother she was referring to, she never contributed for UIF. Because remember, UIF, for you to claim, it must be first deducted from your salaries. So currently, the government employees, there's no deduction that is done for UIF. However, as part of our amendment bill, the government employees will be people that will also be covered in terms of the amendment bill as soon as that bill is finalized and it's passed in to law. And of course, we didn't touch on NOMSA's issue, and I think which speaks to what Wana was saying about how, um, you know, information, sensitive information is actually treated here. But uh, she's going to call us back tomorrow, so we'll pick up on that, and uh, maybe we'll even bring you back uh, to respond to what she ev- eventually tells us. But let me say thank you, uh, Ms. Judith Kumbi, Acting okay. Chief Director of Operations at UIF, and also Mr. Makosonke Butelezi, a Director of Communications and Marketing at UIF. And uh, to our listeners, thank you so much. And as much as we could, I know we can never exhaust it, but uh, that's as much as we could squeeze in today. Uh, Please take care. Have a good day. And we're back tomorrow. Right now, it's time for news with Norm Samzuli.